Hey, uh, thanks for listening on a Monday afternoon as we continue to be under this, well, state of emergency right across the province with evacuation orders or alerts for more than 60,000 British Columbians. David Eby, along with Emergency Management Minister Bowen Ma and Forest Minister Bruce Ralston, will tour some of the wildfire areas uh, later on this week. We also have Canadian forces assisting. Troops called in to Camp Vernon, the old base that used to be in full operation in Vernon. Also on Wednesday, an additional 100 firefighters from Mexico coming in to join in the effort. They'll also be joining people from, well, South Africa, Australia, and other countries already on the fire lines. Let's bring in Global BC's Richard Zussman, who is in West Kelowna right now. Richard, thanks for joining us. And how are things where you are at this moment? Yeah, so Bruce, I'm in this area in West Kelowna all day. People have been coming here with their binoculars to try to see if their home is still standing. It's been emotional and remarkable to watch, really. The smoke has set in here for days now since the fire uh, broke out in this community on Thursday, and it's been so hard. And there was a slight reprieve this afternoon where there was enough of that smoke cover moved out so people could actually see uh, properties. You know, my friend, colleague, and camera person, Chris Allard, is here as well. And you know, with these broadcast cameras, they have incredible Zoom features. You know, Chris was was encouraging people in the community to look through his camera to see if they could see their homes. You know, people are doing everything they can for a sense of community to better understand what is left. And we got the devastating news today that we know at least 50 homes have been destroyed. The number will go up a lot from there. They haven't done the assessment yet on the hardest hit area. Uh, So that is being done now and we'll continue to get those numbers updated. Um, But yeah, it's just quite remarkable, Bruce, watching these people come and, and they're on evacuation, obviously, and they come back here just with a a little bit of hope that they can see if their home is still standing. Richard, I try to put myself in the mindset of someone who may be a homeowner that doesn't know if they've got a home to go back to. And I would think that I would go through so many different emotions. One of them might end up being some frustration with not being told enough information. Yeah. Is that realistic or can we actually not know what that information is due to the smoke? What's the situation? Yeah, you feel that and you hear from people and you start seeing pictures circulating that someone was able to get and maybe it's your home and maybe it's not. And that that really adds, I think, to the emotional toll here is that uncertainty and the idea that maybe somebody knows or somebody doesn't know. Wildfire Service is doing everything they can to get the information to people as quickly as possible. And uh, the fire chief, Jason Brolin, spoke to that this morning saying, yes, I know you are anxious to know but I don't want to give you incomplete information. We don't want to tell you that that neighborhood is okay. And then when we get closer in, we see that it's not. It's pretty incredible right now. I'm just looking out and I can see a, a spray of water uh, on, on some sort of piece of property across the way. This is what people are watching unfold uh, through their binoculars. It, it's quite something. And, and yes, we've had a few stories of people going in behind the order lines to go see if their properties are okay or to get things from their homes. Police is concerned about it. They say, don't do that. We need to keep you safe or we need to keep those working safe. You know, behind the lines, it doesn't look like your regular neighborhood. There are power lines that are down. There are 
water mains that are broken. There are sprinklers and hoses all over to try to protect structures. So there is a sense of desperation for people wanting information, but the reality is the wildfire service is moving as quickly as possible to get people that information. Yeah, Richard, I'm glad you highlighted just some of the hazards that are around when you have a wildfire zone or a zone where there is destruction. It's not just burned property. There are those other disasters or other hazards in a disaster area. Uh, For those that may not be familiar with the geography, and I'm trying to go back in my mind to Thursday, most of this fire around West Kelowna was up on the West Hill like at the west side. And then I started to see on Friday pictures of destruction right down along the lake. So the the fire moved right down uh, one side or one area of of West Kelowna. Where is it right now? Where would you see flames today? So we can't see any flames today from any vantage point that we are at. Uh, There is an area... That would be now you're really testing my geography, Bruce. <laughs> there is an area that would be north of where those fires are, where fire continues. And, and this area is still very active. You just don't see those lively flames. Part of that is the fact that the winds have calmed down. So you're not getting that sweeping effect. And the other devastating part of it is the fact that a lot of material has already been consumed, right? That trees have burned and there's still fire in the ground and they're continuing to put out those hot spots. So where I am now, again, you're testing my geography here, Bruce, is just around the mountain from where that fire was that you described. Uh, we, we were here Friday night and, yeah. and watched uh, with our eyes homes uh, destroyed. And we could see the fire move from property to tree line to property. And you could see those properties destroyed. So um, yeah, it's, it's, the, fi- the fire is still very active. And even though we've had good firefighting conditions and no structures lost over the next last 48 hours, uh, fire officials want people to know the fire is still very much burning in there. And, and you know, we saw it Thursday night. We saw it Friday night. It's still there, even though you can't see it right now. And part of that's the smoke and part of that's where it is. But that's that reminder. We're not, we, we can't lift these orders yet because there's still concern in that area. And yes, conditions have been good, but there's still concern. Richard, you know, when you check out on social media, and most of the pictures I've seen that are really dramatic are the ones on TikTok. But uh, when you check social media, a lot of people post pictures at night. And that's a whole lot different than the daytime kind of views. Is it the nighttime that is worse, or is it just because the flames look so much different at night? Uh, It was due to cooling temperatures with increased winds. And so... Again, you're testing my knowledge here, Bruce. <laughs> when the weather changes, you have hot weather patterns, meet cold air, that produces significant wind. As the days cool down and that cold air mass hits the warm air mass, you have uh, erratic winds. And what we have experienced here is that meeting of those erratic winds have led to really challenging fire behavior. Like just in this area alone, people describe the fire moving, you know, tens of kilometers in a matter of hours you know, approaching upon home. So the evening you have those winds go and then you see the spread, but it's also because of what you're seeing sort of in the sky, like the darkness of the sky matched to the the, the brightness of the flames uh, allows you to see it a little bit better. And, and But those weren't the most extreme points. It wasn't like it was burning like that during the day. 
but you could only see it at night. Those were the toughest times because of that sweeping effect and, and erratic behavior of the winds. No, that's a really good explanation. Hey, Bowen Ma, along with David Eby and Bruce Ralston, they're going to be, I guess, hopping on a plane and touring some of the areas tomorrow. What do we know about that? And what's the purpose yeah. of uh, them coming in? Yeah, my understanding uh, is that they will be meeting uh, with people on the front lines. Uh, they will be uh, meeting with people who are, you know, uh, fighting the fires when they can be, those that are off shift. They do not want to get in the way of this ongoing firefight. I saw one of the most incredible things last night, Bruce. I was there for the shift change, those coming back in for the day, those going out for the night. Uh, fire trucks from every municipality I could think of in British Columbia, from Port McNeil, from Sprout Lake, from Saanich, from Delta, from North Van, District and City, from Surrey, from Vancouver, uh, Logan Lake, Cranbrook, and there were tons more. Chilliwag, you you see them all. And they're coming and they're going and they're putting in the work. And uh, the Premier wants to get a better understanding, I'm sure, of what it is like on the ground and, and the resources that are needed. There will be an element, I think, through their travels, working with the fire center, uh, speaking to people about what they need on the ground. You know, you can't get to everybody in one trip. My understanding is they'll be in a few different communities tomorrow. And and I expect we'll see them here in Kelowna as well. So that's the goal of this. Politicians aren't firefighters, Bruce, you know that. Yeah. Uh, but they're here to provide the best support they can because obviously the people here need the help of government, not just firefighting, but when this is over, government needs to be there to help these people recover and rebuild and and you know, try to, to, to move on from this devastation that we're, we're experiencing. Yeah, no, I get it. And policy makers need contacts too. And this helps provide some of that on a firsthand basis. Uh, speaking of trips, though, we also know that uh, there are going to be more firefighters coming in on Wednesday from Mexico. How come? Yeah, so part of this is BC needs all hands on deck. And it's not just here in Kelowna. We know the situation and north of here and the Shushwap is challenging. Uh, the fire season is not over, Bruce. Like, it's still hot. We're still in August. It's still dry. Yes, there's rain in the forecast tomorrow. But, you know, they need the support they can get. And uh, every hand here uh, helps. And so we've, we've asked as a province for that assistance, and it's coming. And it includes, you know, uh, those that are doing the surveillance work, those that are doing firefighting, those that are doing administration, there's support needed in all of that. And so, you know, this is not over. There there are still flames back in these hills that I'm looking at, and that's why they need as many crews as they can get. Richard, thanks so much for your excellent work, and stay really safe, my friend. Don't get too close. Yeah, thanks, Bruce. I won't, I promise. Talk soon.